Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great day. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is my friend, Jane Nixon. You guys are going to love this. He's got a crazy story. All right. Crazy. He's, man, somehow, you know, most people I talk to have gone through stuff like this, have gone down a massively toxic road, drugs, alcohol, hit rock bottom. But somehow he was able to channel that into fitness. He was able to use that that negative and turn it into a positive. A lot of times, including myself, we kind of go down this this road of, of self-pity and whatever else, the victim mentality until we hit a, a point where it's like, okay, now I got to use this as fuel. And he did that. And now he's been able to create a, a, an awesome business for it. You know, he's, he's the owner of Thrive Forever Fit. He's written two books. His most recent book is called The Purpose of Pain, How to Turn Your Tragedy into Triumph Because Life's Not Supposed to Suck. And that's just the, the, the general consensus of this conversation. We're talking about turning adversity, using adversity as fuel, turn, changing your perspective and allowing yourself to grow and become better from it. We also get into some health and wellness stuff. He's, he's, he's very into understanding, well, he's very knowledgeable of health, but we have the same approach that not all health, not all diets are a one size fits all ordeal. We believe that there's, everybody has a, everybody has a different body. Everybody's different genetics. Everybody's diet should be different. And I've talked about this before. This is just another great conversation where we, we both understand that everybody has their beliefs and we respect that. But this is another one of those things where we just, you know, so we unpack all that stuff, adversity, health, wellness, and it's just a great conversation in general. So get ready for a great episode, folks. Jay Nixon coming right up. Jay Nixon, what's up, my man? Dude, I'm having an awesome day. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, again, one of those moments where like, we're talking, we're talking about stuff. I'm like, all right, hold on, put this on pause for a second. Cause we got to get this recorded. Um, dude, so you're doing a lot of, you're doing a lot of cool shit. You've accomplished a lot. Um, you know, in the fitness industry, you've written two books, you got a podcast doing a lot of cool things. But what I like to do is kind of find out who you are first for people that don't know about you. They want to know more than the intro. I would love if you could give us a little bit of a backstory about yourself because I know you went through a really tough time growing yeah. up and all that stuff. So if you could just give us some insight into that, brother, we would just appreciate it so much. Yeah, I think I, I am where I am today. So I just turned 45 in October um, just to give some kind of um, some chronological you know, basis there. Um, my father got killed in a car wreck when I was five years old. So I always say like from that moment on, it was kind of like, my my new life or my secondary life kind of like started yeah um and if you, you know, when you go through a traumatic experience as a child it, it you know it, it has the propensity to change you really rapidly even at five years old right um so i kind of like i grew up really fast um from the outside perspective but internally i probably had like a regressionary you know thing because when you go through that traumatic experience and then Fast forward um, a couple of years, then, you know, his grand, his father became my, um, my kind of role model. He passed away. My next male role model, um, I think I was 17 years old, Christmas day. He has a heart attack. I give him CPR till the paramedics get there. He dies on the way to the hospital. And then at 25, my best friend puts a shotgun in his mouth and kills himself. So that's my life from five to 25. And, um, riddled in there was probably the reason I'm probably here still here today was probably fitness and sports and and just like you know dumping myself in it that was really my only safe haven in the world is if I could put a football helmet on or go into a gym as the only time I ever really felt like I had control over anything and those are both two chaotic places to have control but I felt couldn't control it was still super weird yeah, but it's not that weird. I know what you're saying, bro. It's like your it's like your place where you can kind of you can you can change your energy as well when you go to the gym. You go in there feeling like shit. Yeah. You can have a completely different mindset. Then you go to the gym and you it's like you have control. You know things are going to change. You know you're going to feel better when you walk out of that gym. Right. That's powerful. Totally powerful. Absolutely. And it's one of those places where it's like 
you know, you can kind of go to do that. It's almost, it's the best drug in the world. It's the best therapist in the world. It's the best, you know, place to go to, to get that psychological shift that we need sometimes. Oh man. Talk about that's the best therapy. The best shrink I've ever had is the gym, man. It's in yoga. You throw in some sauna, but okay, hold on. I want to, I want to back up a bit here. Let's do it. I mean, I hit you with a lot of, I hit you with a lot of stuff there pretty quick. I was like, I was like, I got my pen out. I'm like, Trying to, because this is what I always got to do. I hear this. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah. I got to write this shit down. Okay. So let's talk about something for a second. Sure. From, zero, from zero to 10, or I've heard zero to 11, I've heard zero to 12. Mm-hmm. You, your shapes your mindset. You, you yeah. develop all your limited beliefs, all your fears, all your anxieties, all your, all these things, addictions, a lot of that stuff stems from those times. Right. So, okay. That traumatic event at five had to be that I, I can't even imagine and i apologize i'm sorry for your loss i know no, time ago, but but you know like that's that's a lot for a five-year-old okay yeah. how what was there some things that happened after that 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 you're maybe that you needed to like how do i even how do i even word it in your behavior like did you act out did oh, you yeah cause a lot of shit did your parents have to be or your, your your mom and people have to kind of be like all right there's an issue here because a lot of people up until recently as long from my end people weren't really educated on how powerful those years are in shaping your mind maybe some right. people are some people aren't but a lot of people have gone through stuff at that age and it's just so fascinating how how we hold on to that so maybe can you unpack that for us if you totally. can remember but what are the, some of the things that went on that you could really pinpoint that from that crash? Yeah, I remember I, I didn't know how to handle emotions. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. know, like I didn't know, I didn't know when to cry. I didn't know when, you know what I mean? I didn't have a, a good um, barometer for like when this happens, you do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because at five, I probably had one of the most traumatic things that could happen to a five-year-old happen. And you just don't, at five, you don't have any, you don't have any recall. You can't process that because you don't have anything to base it off of. So I became, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't an angry kid, but I had emotional outburst. Not usually in the, in a, in a public forum. Like I wasn't bad at school. Um, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have outbursts like in public and things like that. But like at home, man, like I would, I just didn't know how to handle things. And so I would have these emotional outbursts. And I think it was probably me just saying like, there's a lot going on here. I don't know how to, to deal with it. And it was my way of like getting some kind of attention to like get somebody to maybe try to help me get through this. I mean, my mom tried her best. I mean, she took me to a therapist when I was like, you know, five, as soon as after it happened, but when you're five, you just kind of sit there, you know, the therapist is asking you questions and you're like, I don't, lady, I don't know. Like, I don't have the, I don't have the ability to, to have this conversation with you at this stage. Yeah. Because there's, that's all you have. Those are the only events you've experienced. Yeah. So it's almost normal for you. And then and, I just push people away because yeah. I was terrified that if, if I loved you, like something bad would happen to you. And so even with my mom and I have an wow. older brother who's six years older, I almost became like an isolatory being. And this, this went on probably until I was like 25 years old. Um, I did it with work. I did it with relationships, both like platonic and romantic. Um, I did it with family. And it was because it wasn't because I didn't like people, but it was because I just had these walls up where I felt like if I got too close to you, then something bad was probably going to happen in that relationship. Oh man, I know it's, it's, um, it's crazy because a lot of people don't know that there's an issue, right? right? Yeah. We're all in the personal development world. We're, we're having these conversations on a regular basis. So we're, we're, we're able to look back in hindsight and understand at least try to understand, put the pieces together of what, why things happen the way they did. But a lot of people don't have those tools. So they start to use things to cover up those, those pains, right? Yeah. And as you get older, people get, you get better and better at hiding from the issue. And hiding can come into pushing people away, drugs, sex, alcohol, all that stuff. And it's kind of whatever that thing you discover throughout your journey as an adolescent that, that, that becomes, you know, relevant to you. And it's crazy because so many people don't even realize that those things are the reason, right? Oh, totally. And I, I always, I tell this, I tell the story. I'm always like, I got so lucky that 
my addiction was like fitness was, yeah. was like working out was taking care of me. I've, I've never done a drug in my life and I'm so lucky because most people that have gone through the lineage of what I did would probably turn to booze or alcohol or stuff like that. But lucky for me, like I just, I know, you know, I've always been fascinated with fitness and I just poured myself into it. You know, it's probably where, which is why I am where I am today doing what it is that I do with helping people with like, you know, physical transformations and things like that. Mm. Did you, yeah, that's, man, that's, it's so great that you didn't have to go through the drugs, the alcohol. Yeah. Oh, because, totally. I'm blessed. Like, you know, as a teenager, but it's kind of luck of the draw. It's who you're, who's your, who's around you. Yeah. Right. If you have role models around you that keep that away, then, but as a teenager, as a young adult, that regardless of how great your parents are, it's kind of where you gravitate towards the people. And then all of a sudden you become who you're hanging around with. If they, temp, temp, they happen to take drugs, then you take drugs. Yeah. Right. See, Unless me, you're smart I, enough to really get away from that. I think I just got lucky. So I, yeah. I grew up in a tiny town in Texas. And so all, if, if you grew up in like West Texas, like you just play football, right? Like it's yeah. from the time you're born. And so for me, I got so lucky that my coaches kind of became my role models. And even though I, I wouldn't allow myself to get super close, like I always wanted to make them proud of me. And I remember the only time feeling, like I said earlier about being safe, was it, when I put the helmet on, I could almost go somewhere and be somebody that I didn't have to deal with all that outside noise. Mm -hmm. And it just made me so at peace, um, which sounds crazy to be at peace in such a world of violence. It, you know what? It may sound like that, but anybody that, that, that knows the feeling of being involved in the team and competing and being able to escape from that reality yeah. is, is pretty, is pretty amazing. Cause you got that kind of brotherhood yeah. you got the father figures and you got that um, working for a, something bigger than yourself, which is super powerful and, and um, really important for, for getting out of that. That's why it's so important. I think for kids growing up to have that outlet, to get away from, you know, the, the crap going on because yeah. if that's all you have then you're just going to gravitate to trouble but if you have that outlet like football or for me it was hockey yeah ice hockey for you guys i don't know i always say ice hockey because <laughs> some people are like what field hockey i'm like no 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 i'm um, not that anything's wrong with that but but yeah to have that outlet man to be able to channel that aggression into the and for you into football must have yeah. been just such such an important thing for the, you know, shaping the rest of your Huge. life. And then when I stopped playing, um, that was when the transition, you know, like started, I played a couple of years in college. Then after that, then you got to really figure out yourself quickly because that's when it can get really sloppy because it's like your whole identity is buried within sports. And then you got to figure out like, what's my new net? What's my new reason? What's my new purpose? And luckily for me, that's when I just kind of took that same system and just put it into fitness and working out and, you know, that type of thing. Did you, so how are your, how, I, I love, I want to piece together this, how you got yeah, into the actual fitness. Okay. Did you, did you go to college? Like, was that not, so you were, did you play college ball? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so how was that environment for you? Like, was that, what did you study? What did you like about that? What didn't you like about that? Um, I, I was always really, um, I didn't like school, but I was good at it. Yeah. Meaning, so I have almost like a photographic memory. So if I hear something once or if I read something <laughs> once, I can recall it really easily. So school was easy for me, um, but it wasn't something that I love to do. So I originally thought, you know, well, I'll, I'll be a doctor because this stuff is so easy. Like I'll just oh, go wow. to school and it'll be fine and whatever. But then when I stopped playing football, I lost my interest for school. So I'm like, I got to get out of here as, as quickly as possible. And I had become a trainer when I was probably, um, I think I was like 17 or 18 years old, never really used it and never even thought I would use it. But I was the kid, like as a little kid, we'd have to drive 45 minutes to go to like the biggest town that had like a mall for people to go shopping. So my mom would go to the mall and I remember I would just go to GNC and I would like read labels on like proteins and I'd look at magazines of like bodybuilders and like stuff like that. So I was always infatuated with that that lifestyle of fitness and being, you know, your best and, you know, all that type of stuff. So when I got out of school, I never thought about going into that industry originally. Like I thought I needed to wear a suit and tie. I thought I needed to, you know, have a corner office. And so I went into like the medical space. I went into the pharmaceutical world, started selling pharmaceuticals and that type of thing. So I was kind of doing something that was counterintuitive to what I really 
wanted to do with my life, but I thought I had to have a quote unquote corporate job, you know, cause that was back in the day before, like when I started my personal development journey, like my coaching, I was like 25 years old. There was no, like now you can fall down and land on a personal development coach or a seminar or whatever. Back then there wasn't any. Mm. So this whole world was just, I mean, foreign to me. And so I just thought, you know, it was the corporate route. I was going to get the job and have the car and the, you know, the title and the business card and all that jazz. And so I did that for a while until it just became unfulfilling. I I was selling drugs that I didn't believe in and that I would never take myself. And that's when I kind of made the the radical shift and went into, um, you know, just started doing something more purposeful with my life and more fitness oriented. Completely um, relate to you, man. How how old are you, just for perspective? Forty five. Oh wow, dude! You look. I'm thirty six. I was like, oh, we got to be around the same age. <laughs> Thank you. You bro. look great, man. Thank you, man. Anybody that's fitness, listening, dude. this guy this guy looks like he just turned thirty. If that, even he's in his twenties. It's the fitness, man. I'm telling you, it's the they'll, fitness and the lifestyle. They'll see the video clip of it. They won't believe it, man. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And and that's kind of the thing, right? Like, you your reflection of what you're doing. If you look healthy, people want to be, they gravitate towards that. Right. Yeah. And there's some people that are teaching nutrition and it's like, Hey man, no offense, but like, like you're, you, you don't look that healthy and you, I'm not necessarily going to think that or do what you're doing. Right. Right. I think you have to be congruent with anything, <laughs> yeah. right? Like no matter what it is you're, you're teaching or, or coaching or, or mentoring somebody on, you need to be congruent with the things that you're, you know, asking other people to do. Yeah. And I really, I can really relate as far as what you're meaning about, you know, getting the corporate job and doing that because that's kind of what we were told. That was the only option. Yeah. Right. It was like, do that route or get like a trade or become, you know, for you guys in Texas, like everyone goes to the oil fields and up in Canada as well. Like there's so many things that we were kind of programmed. Then all of a sudden this new world opens up. Right. And then there's these opportunities. So what did you, what did you like about the fact that you could sort of is it that you liked helping people get the results? Like what gravitated you towards that specific fitness, that area? I think it was a weird path. I was telling this story yesterday on, on a training call. I think whenever that shift happened for me, like when I was five, I'm a firm believer like that. I think things happen for us and not to us. And so I think that that was, that was the, the universe or God or whatever you believe in. That was the shifting point of my life. And ever since then, I've just had this really strong desire to help people um, yeah. not go through the things that I've gone through, especially once I've gotten into my thirties. So I started kind of my shift after my, my friend committed suicide about 25, between the ages of 25 and 30, I kind of started this radical shift toward like the personal development world where I started to view my past differently. I started to view it as a, as an asset instead of a anchor. Mm. Um, and I started to look at it as like, what can I learn from what I went through to help people not have to go through those same step-by-step tragedies over and over and over again. And that's why I wrote the second book, The Purpose of Pain, um, how to turn, you know, tragedy into triumph because life's not supposed to suck, you know, because yeah. it's not. But so many people think like this happened to me. So therefore now I'm, I'm stuck. And so I think really bad shit happens to really good people. Yeah. And so my, I feel like my purpose is, I use fitness and nutrition now to get people into my life and into my world so that I can help figure out what's really got them stuck. Cause it's yeah. never, nobody's overweight, man, because they, they don't know the difference between donuts and salads. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like it's, yeah. it's, there's information. Isn't the problem. It's, it's the mindset. It's something that's going on. It's a trauma. It's a tragedy. It's something of that nature. And I just want to help people not have to struggle. Yeah. And but it's even, it's, that's, it's, it, that's exactly in line with this show. I mean, I want to help change people's perspective on adversity. Instead of it being thinking it's your enemy, it's actually your greatest ally. Dude, it's amazing. It, it, it really is. Like it's as much as, as much as we don't want people to go through hard shit, right? Um, it's almost necessary, but it's how you're looking at the thing you're going through. You know, like somebody will look at adversity or, or tragedy or pain as something that's causing them to be a victim. But right. some people will go, hit me, hit me with it. This is making me better. And the yeah. better you can get at knowing it's going to come, it's going to come. We're going we're gonna to go through these things, these hard times. We're going to all go through deaths at some point. Totally. We're going to go through tragedies. That's, that's the playing field we're on. That's the game. That's the journey. If we can get good at just 
embracing that, right? And just going, hey, this is this is yeah. like, this is the thing that's going to make me. It's happening for you. So then yeah. I can look back and go, look what I went through. Because if you don't, then what? Then what do we have to work towards? What do we have to use to grow? Right. I got to tell you a quick story. You probably have a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and personal development people that listen to this yeah. story. So I start my, my, my fitness and nutrition business. I live in Southern California now. I live in Palm Springs, California. Oh, nice. It's raining today, which is like we rain seven days a year. Today's one of those days. But normally it's gorgeous. About six years ago, I was renting space. I didn't have my own studio. I was just kind of like popping around, renting space for certain places. And I had rented the, um, the bottom of a country club. And again, we don't get rain out here in Palm Springs. Very, very, it's a desert. About six years ago, my, we got the worst rainstorm in the history of Palm Springs and my business flooded like that. And I lost my entire business. I'd had nowhere to take my clients. I had nowhere to do anything. Um, and, and a week later, I was going to, um, I guess about five years ago, a week later, I was going to Maui for my birthday. My wife was taking me there for my 40th birthday. So I was leaving the continental United States to go to Maui to celebrate, but I had no business. My business was gone. And when I came home, I had nowhere to bring my clients. So I had to rent like a space, my studio that I'm in now, sight unseen. It's my own shop, my own everything. I'd never had that before. That flood was the single best business opportunity that has ever happened to me in my entire life. I've 10X my income, 10X my clientele, 10x my success. I've written two books since then. Dude. I mean, I, I look at that flood as a gift. It was the best thing that's ever happened to me. See, there you go. That perspective, man. It's, it's so powerful. And it's almost like if we can get into the mode of like, all right, when's it coming? Right. When, like, like, like hit me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I mean, and that's why I guess things like this, like these podcasts that people listen to and personal development allows people to access those tools so, that they already have. So that they're, they're better equipped for when the battle comes, right? Yeah. It's really just a shift in perspective. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, we all go through similar instances. Like you mentioned, like people are going to go through death, right? So yeah. me, I've experienced a lot. I experienced a lot of death, luckily for me, early on. Mm. So now my perspective on death is different than probably somebody who's never experienced it. Right. So when it happens to me again, I'm going to be able to process it. It's still going to be painful. It's yeah. still going to suck but my perspective is so different and so evolved that it's going to, it's not going to derail me. You know what I mean? I, I totally do. And, and this is the thing that's crazy is that my, it's, I've told this story a little bit, but I'll just, cause we haven't talked about it. I, I'm yeah, going to bring it up. So I have like, I had never gone through death in my family at all. And then from about for like seven years within the last, I, we lost like seven people or something like, and then my brother, my dad within the same year, which for me was like so messed up, but like at the same time, now reflecting, when that happens to you, you're faced with these things that you never thought were going to come your way. You thought everyone else has that. It's in the movies. I don't deal with that stuff. That's, that's never going to happen. And when you're faced with like, let's say like a suicide, like you lost your friend, I lost my younger brother to it, yeah. cancer, my dad, like whatever. And, and, when you realize, when I stopped being the victim and realized, holy shit, this is happening, you begin to realize, I'm feeling this, it sucks, but it's going it, to it's gonna, it's gonna fade away. But I know that feeling now. So when it happens again, I know that, oh, it's not so foreign. It's like, even though that's a weird perspective for some people, maybe for you guys under, to understand, but you've been familiar with it. Right. And you've kind of learned to deal with it because it is going to happen. Well, yeah, human psychology is no, it's no greater than this. If you can, you will always recall your, your, the memory or the last response you had to a stimulus. Yeah. Every single time. I don't care what it is. Could be happiness, could be anything. You'll always have that recall. And now in your recall changes as your perspective broadens on the particular topic. Yeah. Doesn't it? All right. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's now you can, and when you, that happens, and so for you guys that are, that are listening that haven't gone through some of the stuff we're talking about, you don't necessarily have to experience the thing firsthand. Now, it will be different if you do, but you can, un, as long as you can understand that it's not, the, it's not the end of the world. It feels like it. It yeah. feels so heavy and it feels so much suck, but just know that you're not being punished. 
You know what I mean? You didn't do anything wrong and bad shit happens to amazing people. Yeah. You know, and you got to be able to grow from that. It'll actually make you a better person. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you more dynamic. It's such a, it's such a gift if you can start to look at things like it, you know, in that perspective. Man, well said. Okay. So let's, let's, let's unpack some of the fitness stuff for a second, because like you said, it's not always about the cheeseburger or the salad or the, you know, whatever. There's more to that. So somebody comes into you and they obviously are overweight. They're struggling. How, what is, what is the thing? What is the hurdle that you help people initially get over to empower them? Because I like, I, I cannot even imagine what it's like for some people that have been, have been so out of tune of fitness and they've, they've gained this weight. I know what it's like to put on 20 pounds, never mind a whole bunch. And you feel different. You know, you look different. You know, people are judging you differently. It's a really, really crazy feeling. What are some of the tools that you use or encourage people to empower them in the beginning? Yeah, I think what separates me from, from like the average trainer, if somebody says, what do you do, Jay? I never even say I'm a personal trainer. Um, I just, so the difference is this. When I first started out, I was just like everybody else. I did meal plans, eat this, don't eat that, and here's your workout. I realized that that only works for a limited amount of time. And that's why I wrote my first book's called The Overweight Mind. Okay. So it's, it's the mental reasons why people are stuck. So what I do is I've, I flip the whole equation on weight loss and transformation. I only focus on eat this, don't eat that, or the mechanical aspects, workouts, about 20%. The other 80% is strictly dedicated to their mindset and their psychology. Like what has gotten them into this position in the first place? And it's not because they love hot dogs. Like, Nobody's ever came to me and be like, man, I just can't eat enough hot dogs. And I know it's a problem. It yeah. just doesn't happen. It's, 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 that's a side effect. Yeah. There's always a trauma. There's always an event. There's always a situation. There's always something that has them stuck. And they've just decided, I went to fitness when it happened to me. They've decided to go to food or food and booze or food and sedentary behavior or food and drugs or food and whatever but that's what's got them stuck. And so I really have to tap into the event and nobody wants to tell you what the event is. You know what I mean? Mm, I always yeah. say when somebody comes to me, the first thing they tell me like what they want and why they're, why they're here isn't even the truth. Like they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't, yes, they want to lose a hundred pounds, but you know what yeah. they want to do? They want to feel better, man. They want that yeah. feeling of pain. People only do things for two reasons to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. Yeah. And they want that pain to go away and they don't know how to ask for that. You know what I mean? And so that's what I really help people do is I help them tap into that pain point and, and shift their mindset so that they, it's still there, but they can begin to use it for good instead of evil. Yeah. They, that getting that confidence back in that control, when you feel like you're in the driver's seat, it's powerful, mm -hmm. but a lot of people aren't. It's like, they're just going through this, reaction all the time and emotional eating, man. I mean, I'm first to say I can fast all day. I, I, I know I've done it, but I'm telling you, there's something about nine, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I'm alone. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I just earned this. Why can't I sit and eat? Mm -hmm. Like there's something, there's something weird. And you guys listening, we all go through this. Everybody. It, I, like, I, I sit there and I will be able to, during the day, I don't need to eat. I can be dialed in, but in the evening, something's like some sort of like lack of maybe a partner in my life or some sort of emotional yeah. thing. I'm like, this, this cheese looks really good right now. And it's going to make me feel better. Dude, I wrote a whole, I wrote a whole chapter on that called what yeah. you do in the dark. Yeah. Nice. And it's, it's because that's the danger zone. Like yeah. if, if you and I are hanging out all day and we're both fasting, I'm not going to eat in front of you. Yeah. You're not going to eat in front of me. Like we're going to be high fiving and throwing yeah. it out. We got this. Then we're going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets, that's when it gets weird right and that's and listen in, i'm the same way we're all the same way we all struggle with this so what i try to do is give them the tools yeah. when it gets dark you know what i mean and that can be metaphorical or it can be really when you are alone like the metaphorical aspect of that is like when it gets dark mentally you know yeah. what i mean you feel like you're at your breaking point a lot of people at that they turn to food because they feel like i can't control anything else but i can control this yeah. And that's why they go there and they go there hard usually. One of my, one of my best friends, he's a naturopath, Dr. Nick Jensen. He, they do, you know, the five day water fast here and mm -hmm. there. And 
it's one thing, but what I asked him, I was like, dude, how, how do you get past that, that point? And he just says, man, you really got to dig deep on your intention. You got to mm-hmm. say, well, what am I doing? Because when day two hits, I've done day two, that's when shit hits the fan. That's when you start to find out, well, why can't I eat? Why did I stop this? This is stupid. It's like anything. But what is your intention? You know, how clear, like, why are you, why did you start that fast? Even if you have to write it down and read that thing over, because totally. it's so easy to forget why mm-hmm. you're even doing it. Yeah. And that's pretty, this is, that's what I do is I, I try to teach people. I use these words over and over again. Like when you're making nutritional decisions, it has to be mindful and intentional. Right. Even, I mean, every decision, if you'll start to think about those decisions, like, is this mindful? Is this intentional? Then you'll, your decisions will change. Like you won't make the same decision as if you just haphazardly, like it's a free for all, you know what I mean? So I think he's spot on, like, but if you, he could even take that, we, we could take that bigger, right? It's yeah. like, it's life. Yeah. So it's like life. Whenever you start to get derailed, if you can come back to that intention of like, what is it that I really want to accomplish? And does this decision make that easier for me yeah. or does it make it harder for me? Yeah. Most people won't do that though. Cause we we're such an instant gratification society. Like we want something like now. Right. And we're not yeah. willing, we're not willing to delay the gratification. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. That's exactly what happens. We want this. We want this now. I want this. I want this hit. Mm-hmm. I want this dopamine hit. Absolutely. And I had an awesome doctor as well. Dr. Mindy Peltz on here. She was talking about how when you, when you do do fasting is like, you kind of, you kind of like reset those dopamine susceptors so that when they actually do, when you, when you kind of reset yourself, those things actually feel better and there's more joy. Totally. Because you've actually kind of went without it for a little while. Yeah. Well, it's no? like anything. Food's, the, food's the, the most dangerous drug on the planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody always talks about like people who do like heroin or meth or whatever, they're always chasing that high because yeah. the dopamine's never really the same after the first time or the first few times. Food's the same way. I mean, you know, somebody can d- demolish a cheesecake for the first time and it probably feels amazing. After like the sixth, seventh, twentieth time, like you, I mean, you know, you don't get in the same hit. Oh, and it's that, it's that feeling that, oh, well, maybe it'll be different this time. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm gonna eat this crazy. whole pizza. This, oh, the first piece is so good. Oh, the mm-hmm. second, you guys out there listening, you know what I mean. You're getting into it, and then all of a sudden, you're like, uh oh, yeah, what was it? What was that? That all was right. a bad idea. Yeah, and that's when the anchor sets in and you're like, oh man, what did I do? And then, and that's, that's another part of the process too. Then that becomes the self-loathing, yeah. which then therefore keeps you from like taking the steps forward again, because I always tell most people in life, and this, this is fitness and nutrition, people who haven't been successful in business, people who've had a bunch of failed relationships, is they feel like they've failed so many times that they can't even conceptualize a win. So most people that come into my world, like they've broken so many promises to themselves about like, Hey, this year I'm really going to do it. Or I'm going to start this diet. They've broken that promise so many times that whenever I ask them, Hey, what, why is this going to be different? Like the look of, it's just like, God, I don't know, man. I just know it has to be. Mm. So it's so imperative and important that I believe in them or I get them to believe I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. That's kind of that transformational piece. And that's why we need coaches. That's why we need mentors. That's why personal development is so powerful. It's not that these people, me, you, Tony Robbins, Gary V, it's not that anybody's even any smarter than anybody else. They may have different tools and assets, but it's just that belief system in, if you can get somebody to believe in that you, if you can make somebody believe you believe in them, that's power, man. And then eventually that will transition to them and they'll start to believe in themselves. Totally. Belief and confidence is so important. And, and you brought up Tony talks about confidence is built by keeping the promises you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And Milet says the same thing. If you keep breaking those promises, you don't take yourself seriously. So you're Do not going to build that confidence. Right. And then you're, you're, you're not going to be, there's just going to be no motive. There's just going to be, you're going to be like, Oh, well, I, you know, I said I was going to do it and I didn't do it, but nobody talks about that out loud. It's like, I'm going to do this. Uh, it doesn't really matter if I do it. So why am I going to do it? Oh, okay. Right. And subconsciously you're saying, well, that's, I have no confidence because I can't even, I say I'm going to clean this up or I'm going to organize this, but I won't. 
right. said, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to. So then And then it becomes easier and easier not to do it the next time. Yeah. And then why would you believe in yourself? You won't. Like it's, you know, it's the simple things. And that's the thing I've talked about this so many times. Every, like in my own life, it's the little habits daily that compound, that build confidence for the day where you feel like you're actually on top of your shit. Yep. Get up, go have a, make your damn bed right yeah. away. You know, clean like laundry, get it awake. And then you go and then you're like, yes, I did that. And I got this from Tim Ferriss. You go and you go, okay, I'm going to meditate or whatever it is you want to do, whether it's the three simplest things in the world, get those done so that you're, you're like, all right, I, I, I had this intention and I did it. And now it's like, what else is going to come at me? You know, I can do it. And it's such those little things that, that program you to win just for the next thing and the next thing. But if you don't, the whole day, I notice in my own life, I'm like, oh shit. Then I slack at the gym. Then I slack in all areas. Yeah. I'll have a slice of pizza because I already slacked for earlier in the day, right? It's really momentum, right? Yeah. You're creating positive momentum. See, most people don't think momentum works in the other direction, but it does. Yeah. So you create positive momentum and or you create negative momentum and negative momentum has the propensity to get going really quick. Oh, Whereas positive yeah. momentum, you kind of got to build it and build it and build it. And then you get like the threshold, yeah. the negative momentum. This is why people get stuck is because the negative momentum is so powerful and they have no idea how to stop it. And what they don't realize, you hit the nail on the head. Everybody thinks it's something grandiose. They think it's like this big event, like they got to build the entire house. No, you just got to no. make the bed that's in the one bedroom of the house. Yeah. And that's what starts the momentum going in a different direction. It's just that little tiny act. Yeah. And the problem is, is like when you go out into society, the way it's structured is, is it is, there is a lot of negativity that will, that will challenge you. So if you're on a negative, um, if you've built that, those negative habits for the day, you're going to be, you're, there, there's a lot more temptation around you to throw you off your game. Absolutely. You know, I mean, people are waking up nowadays, but on average, when you go out, there's a lot of negative talk. There's a lot of like, complaining about the weather. I hate my job. Yeah. I hate this. I hate, it's Johnny's fault. It's Sally's fault that I'm here. And if you aren't fine-tuned in your own space in the morning, it's going to be very easy to really get, tap into their energies, right? And, and to really sort of go down that rabbit hole for the day. And the next thing you know, you're in the middle of a shitstorm, and you're yeah. like, what, how did this happen? Yeah. And it was just those small little conversations, those small little interactions. I, I have a little tip I give my clients that I'll share with you guys. What I do or what I tell my clients to do, if they feel that coming, like if they, if they, if they notice all of a sudden, like, holy shit, like everybody's super negative around me. Like I get my clients to go do something intentionally kind for somebody they don't even know. It might be as simple as, if you're in line at Starbucks, you pay for the car behind you. If there's somebody in the grocery store behind me and I feel like I've got this like weird energy, I'll be like, Hey man, I'm, I'll, I'll pay for their, their groceries. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll do little things like that. And it just shifts your perspective in your mind. And when you do something like that, I think Tony Robbins is probably the, one of the ones that's, that's noted for this. You can't be negative and positive at the same time. It's just, it's, it's, it's impossible. So yeah. to shift that to a positive act by doing something kind and it can be for a total stranger. It's usually better if it's a total stranger because they're usually like, holy shit, what's yeah. going on? Because nobody does anything nice for anybody. It's, it's such a fun, I've done it. I, I know exactly what you mean. I just got like almost goosebumps thinking about that because even in the like the weirdest times, you just do something like that and people are like, oh, oh. They don't even it's know like, what, they don't know how to receive it. It's like you just saved the world. You're like, yeah. I just bought you a coffee. Like I've, I did this a couple of times. I, sometimes I, you know, I get in my own zone and I'm not thinking about it. But I urge you guys out there to do that. Like do one thing that's kind of like, kind of seems crazy to people, but, but it's not a big deal to you. Right. And watch the energy change. Like everyone's like, oh yeah. And you just, you just shifted not only yourself, but the guy, the girl in front of you, the people working, the people like there's just this energy of like, oh, wow. There's it hits everybody. The cashier is even yeah. like, holy shit. They're not even involved. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get anything. Yeah, <laughs> and they're, so they're stoked about it, you know? So it, I think it's those little shifts in yeah. energy. Because really all we are as humans is energy. Yeah. Either positive or negative. And the beautiful thing about energy is you can shift it. You can, you can transform it. You can exchange it. And we just got to get better at when we feel ourselves in that negative energy. And it happens to all of us. Nobody's immune. No. 
But if you can become really self-aware of like, I don't feel, I don't feel like my normal positive self today and just do something like that. It'll really get you in a shifted mindset. And then it's that, it's that, you know, that compounding effect of when you go back into the next situation, they're like, why is that dude so happy? You know? Yeah. Which is what you, that's the energy you want to bring into every room. I always say you're responsible for the energy. I always tell myself, like, I'm responsible for the energy that I bring into every room I go into. Yeah. We're, well, you got to be, you get, it's accountability. Yeah. Some people have the power to really flip a room into negative or flip them into positive. Like I remember when I used to go to working in restaurants and bars, talk about energy shifts, man. You go in feeling amazing. All of a sudden you're like swearing and everybody's pissed off. Right. But I remember I could be the one to really switch people negative or if I was feeling on my game, I could switch positive. Some people have that power and they don't realize it and it's just so it's easy to as soon as you start laughing is it amazing what happens totally like people you like you said you can't you can't have negative and positive in the same space if everybody's laughing then yeah things have just shifted yeah, even the pissed off guy gets confused. He's like, what, yeah. what, why do I feel this he way? wants to be pissed off. He's like, why am I happy right now? And yeah, like, he's yes. got that tingling fin sensation. He can't figure yeah. out why. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> so, okay, for, for, I have to ask this, obviously, because yeah. you look so good for your age. Thank you, man. And, you know, you're, what, out of the diets and health regimes and everything, what, what's your go-to? What do you, what do you like? What, what, what operates your tank to the fullest? Like, what, what makes you feel the best? Yeah, I really don't get into, um, I, don't, I don't prescribe or ascribe to one, I'm not paleo, I'm not keto, cool. I'm not plant-based, I'm not meat-based, carnivore. I kind of have a, 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 just an interesting dichotomy of like just eating for, eating mindfully and intentionally, right? So I know what my goals are. I know that I want to be fit year round. I know I don't want to be somebody who fluctuates, you know, I never want to have to get swimsuit ready or beach ready or whatever, just be ready all the time, you know, and I know how I feel. So I'm really in tune with my body and how it feels. And I know when I'm operating at a really optimal level, both, you know, mentally and physically. So I kind of shift based on that. I eat a lot of um, really good quality meats. So I eat grass fed beef, I eat, you know, you know, um, wild caught fish. Uh, But I also eat a lot of plant based stuff as well. Um, I stay away from soy, I stay away from artificial sweeteners. I stay away from sugar. I don't eat a lot of, um, I don't eat hardly any sugar. Um, I'm probably low on the carbohydrate spectrum, but it's only because I found that my body operates really, really well on minimal carbohydrates. I don't need a lot of carbs to perform at a high level. Mm. And so I just know my body really instinctively and I know when I need something and when I don't. And so I try to eat as healthy and as clean, organic, you know, plenty of fluids, plenty of water, stay away from sodas, all the normal stuff. There's not, yeah. I want one of the big messages, even as a fitness and nutrition guy is I don't believe there's a perfect diet. No, and I don't even like the diet. I don't even like the D word. I don't believe I, I don't either. I, yeah. I don't believe there's a, I don't believe there's a perfect nutritional intake for everybody. Yeah. I think you got to kind of craft it and mold it for yourself. I agree. It shouldn't be so dogmatic, right? Yeah. You know, I get, I've talked about this so many times and I understand ethically if somebody wants to eat because they don't want to harm animals. I'm so, I under, I totally understand that. Me and that's too? a whole thing, right? I totally get that, right? And I understand everyone's got their, their reason for what they do. And I respect that, right? I really believe that it's your body's a tool to play with and fine tune and try this, do that. People probably sick of me talking like that, but that's the thing that no. I feel like, you know what? Some days you may want some more carbs. Some days yeah. you may need less. If you're going to go hard. You're going to have two, two workout days. Maybe you want to eat more carbs. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Whatever it is, you got to find what does your body tell you? Does your body, do you get reactions to things that you think are good for you, right? Do you, th- do you feel good and all of a sudden from something, do you feel good from something but then feel bad because it's a certain thing that you shouldn't eat. Like you got to pay attention to those signs. Yeah. I've done that. I've eaten certain things. I'm like, well, I've been told this is good for me and I eat and I feel like shit. I'll give you a perfect example. Yeah. If I said, if I said broccoli and Brussels sprouts, you would say those are both extremely healthy. There's nobody on the planet that's ever gotten fat from broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I used to love them. I used to be able to eat them as I've gotten older. Yeah. I eat broccoli and Brussels sprouts. I feel like shit. I get yeah. bloated. I feel like, I mean, they're healthy. 
So yeah. there's even healthy foods yeah. that your body, and I'm a healthy dude. Yeah. There's healthy foods that your body might have a weird reaction to. Yeah. Be instinctive to that reaction. And now guess what? I don't eat broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Yeah. No, That's it's, simple. it's fair, man. And I, I, I've been in tune to this as well my whole life. Like I know sugar just doesn't work for me. me? I turn into yeah. a grumpy asshole. You give me some sugar and talk to me in an hour and I'll be swearing at you. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. It, it, and, and it's that kind of thing where, you know, there have been times in the past where I'll go and have like a massive green smoothie with all these raw greens. And then I'll be pissed off after something's going on. My stomach's rumbling. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's veggies. It's, it's supposed to be good. I don't know. I don't know. I've been told they are, but I don't feel good. So what is happening here? Right. I'm the same way. Like I don't do well with a lot of like, if I go have like a green juice, like, you know, you go yeah. to, it, even if it's, there's nothing in it that's bad. It, it almost is disruptive to my gastrointestinal system. Yeah. I don't give a shit who says that's the best thing on the planet. That doesn't work for me. Exactly. That's the thing everybody has to realize too. And I get it. Everyone's got their own beliefs and I respect that so much. And that's the thing like you choose however you want to eat, but like at the same time, you got you to gotta learn what works for you. And you know what? Not everything that works. And, and it's so our gut bacteria is so important too. Fine. A lot of people, if your gut bacteria is probably not where it's, where it's not as strong or powerful, maybe you can't have plants as much or maybe vice versa. I, I don't know. I'm not, I've just tested things on what makes me feel good and what doesn't. And yeah, like I pay attention to things that joints and achiness like why does this like if i have too many tomatoes i get all these joint pains totally and i'm it's like what inflammatory the fuck is going on here right like but we don't think that we think immediately it's going to be one of, it's going to be i don't know the meat or the 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 breads or whatever it is because that's what we've been programmed so well here's i like what that. I, always, I always say this i always the fitness and nutrition where here's one of my quests. So if you ever yes. listen to my podcast, the first thing I say is that I want to disrupt the way that you currently think. Yeah. And, and I mean that because we need to be disrupted because we've been pre-programmed and we're so advertised to that this, like, especially in the fitness and nutrition world, that there's so much manipulated data, yeah. manipulated facts, misinformation. This is the pinnacle of diets. This is the do this. Dr. So-and-so said this, even though if you look at his bio, he's, you know, funded by the yeah. you know, international dairy foundation. There's yeah. so much bias out there that I just, I'm, I'm so disruptive of the industry as a whole, because I want people to understand that if money's involved, you are probably not getting the full picture of what it is. So when you watch these documentaries, guys, I love documentaries, but yeah. <laughs> in 2019, 2020, there's no such thing as a non-biased documentary. Whoever's paying for it is going to get the, they're going to give you the data that they want to give you. And they're not going to give you the data that doesn't support their end result. So just remember that, but watch them all. Yeah. Take it in and then do your own research. Documentaries aren't what they were 20 no. years ago. Some, some, you know, kid out of school making this thing in his basement showing you his perspective. They have realized that we gravitate towards documentary as being credible. So right. they are going to, they're, they, that's, they have that way of finding that because everybody thinks it's a documentary. So they think, well, they must be telling the truth because why would they make a documentary? And why would these guys agree to this? And it's like, well, I don't know. Have you maybe looked into these people and maybe looked at the money that's being put into this? Like maybe all the money. They're you really ad, they're really ad they're advertorials is what they are. Um, yeah. which and listen, some of the data they give you yeah. is true, of course, but it's not. It's it's biased, right? It's it's yes. weighted, it's weighted to one side, and they're never like I would love a documentary. I listen to a bunch of podcasts and I love like um Chris Kesser and, and some of yeah, these guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Because they'll give their opinion, right? And, and you know where he comes from. Like he, I, I like a guy who says, this is where I'm coming from and I'm not going to BS you. Yeah. And then I like it when they bring on somebody else who's like, this is where I'm coming from. And then they kind of spar a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, well, I can see both parts, both halves. Yeah. And then I make my own inferences down the middle. Totally. And I'm with you with Chris Kresser and all that. And, and, and I think everybody can thrive on a vegan paleo, whatever. I yep. think there's good, like there's healthy ways to do every diet. Absolutely. But it's not one way for everybody. Zero. It's just not. I, just because, I don't believe yeah. that. 
And just because your friend's doing it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It's, yes. it's so subjective that you've really got to, and somebody comes to me and they're like, Hey, what kind of diet do you prescribe? And I, I don't prescribe yeah. a diet. Like I want, we'll, we're going to figure out what works for you over the long haul. And that's not going to happen in a week or two weeks or probably even three weeks. Yeah. We're going to need to figure out things and figure out like how your body responds to food because yeah. you don't even know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> hey, our bodies are, it's meant to be explored, figure it out, do it, you know, do what's best for you, everybody. You know, like don't take anybody there. Everything's yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. One day I hear this and the next day I hear this and the next day I hear this. It's like, all right, let me just try the, all this stuff. It's what a, like? it's a multi-billion dollar industry guys. Yeah. Let me, I said this to one of my clients today. We are in an age where we have more information. We have more tools. We have more resources. We have more PhDs, more everything with fitness and nutrition. And we've never been fatter. Yeah. We've never, disease has never been higher. Cancer's never been higher. Heart disease has never been higher. Diabetes has never been higher. Those are all controllable diseases. Yeah. So it's, there's a disconnect. We're either not using the information that we have or some of the information we have is not accurate to the point of belief and we're doing the wrong things because right. we shouldn't be in the situation we're in right now. Man. That's so a whole other conversation. Yeah. I love this is. <laughs> this has been amazing. I, uh, I love chatting with you, man. I'm sure everybody's getting a lot out of this because, um, you know, we're just, we're just jamming everybody. I don't have any set questions for this at all. We're just, um, that's, that's what I love about this show is that I love to just, you know, because these things, they go, they zig, they zag. And I love yeah. like diving into this because you start to learn these different perspectives. And as you do with a podcast, it's like, it's probably a lot of people that have different different opinions, but like you learn to kind of have this synchronicity and, you know, there's, there's good to everybody's, everybody's looking at things through their own lens. And it's like, it's nice to be able to be like, oh, okay, I see, I see what they're saying. I'm big on that broadened perspective theory. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like if you can broaden your perspective and look at things from a wider, you know, view, yeah. then you can see other people's points and counterpoints. So you don't always have to believe in them or, yeah. or say, well, that's my, that's my new point. Yeah. But like, we need to be open to like, you know, different perspectives. And cause like you said, depending on where you're from, what you, you know, where, what you're doing, like you may have a different, you may have a different perspective than I do. And I'm totally cool with that. Like, I yeah. don't believe that there's one size fits all in really anything in life. No, for sure. For sure, man. So who, for, for those for looking for more of like the personal development side of things, and then we'll look at wrapping it up. Brother. Yeah. I want to respect your time. What are some things maybe that you do in that personal development realm that you can maybe recommend to people? Because look, let's be honest, you've, you're creating a lot of good shit right now, right? You're successful. You got a great program and I'm going to direct everybody towards you to make sure we go check you out. Thank you. Like what are some things you do to prime yourself? And what can people maybe take away today from that? Absolutely. So we've talked about quite a few of them, guys. It's, yeah. it's the little things. Yeah. I think I, I never want people to, to walk away from, you know, a conversation like this and think that like, God, I wish those guys would have just told me the big thing that they do. There's really not a big thing that I do. I can tell you my gift is that I am ruthlessly consistent with little actions. Like I get up at three, th and listen, this, I'm going to say this, and this is no, this is not the key to my success. It's just what time I get up because it's what time I start my day. I get up at 3.30 a.m. every day wow. and I follow the same system. I would be, I always say I'd be the easiest person to kill because I'm so ritualistic and so my habits are the same. I get up every day. The first things I do is I go straight to gratitude. And I know that's overplayed, but I open my eyes. I say, holy shit, I'm alive. And I do that because of my past experiences. And I realize the value of life at this stage of the game at 45. Like I feel I'm blessed to be here and I want to make sure that if I get another day that I take extreme advantage of it, I get up, I go into my kitchen and I have these, um, I have these gratitude cards and every day I write down the word, thank you. And then I write down some form or some phrase of that. I'm grateful for the opportunity to make an impact on something that day mm -hmm. could be on, on a, a person, could be on a place, could be on a thing, could be on, um, an event could be on anything, but I want to make a positive impact. And I start my day like that every single day. Mm. I get my journal out. I do a little bit of a brain dump. Um, just kind of like if there's anything in there that I know that 
might lead me um, to make an impact somewhere. Just because mm-hmm. I want to, sometimes when you get up in the morning, you have these fresh thoughts. I'll do a little brain dump and then it's, you know, I get my workout in. I do intermittent fasting every day. So I don't eat every day until my first intake is between 11 and 12. So food's not an issue for me in the morning. I don't even have to put that into my equation. And some people say, what that does for me is it, it's like the whole, um, I don't even, was it Steve Jobs who wore the same thing every day? Like, yeah. you know, he wore like a, a black shirt with gray pants. For me, it just takes the, um, it ta- it's, it's called this decision paralysis, right? I know I'm not eating till noon. So that frees up my whole morning for things like this, for, you know, cognitive things that I can get better at. Um, so those are just little things that I do. And then as far as like my personal development journey, I'm, I'm big on listening to podcasts. I don't watch TV. I don't watch the news. Um, I don't read the paper. I'm probably the most ignorant person on the planet when it comes to the tragedies of the world. I feel like they're there. They don't need me. If they need me, they'll call me to come get involved. They haven't called me yet. Thank God. But um, I don't get involved in that. I free my, I keep my mind free for positivity and things that I can make a positive impact on. Um, so I read a lot. I watch podcasts, YouTube, you know, videos of motivation, inspiration, things like that. Those are kind of my, my simple little hacks. And then I don't, um, I don't get myself involved in any kind of negativity. Mm-hmm. I don't have negative conversations. I don't have, you know, negative interactions. I surround myself with amazing people like the shows like this. I mean, this is for me, this is as good as it gets to be able to get on here and yeah. jam with you for an hour. I feel more invigorated than I have all day yeah, because there's an energy connection. And so you and I've never spoken before yeah. on, in, a, in a format like this. People who are listening, there's people out there every day that just like Lance that you could meet and have a, a 30 second, two minute, five minute conversation with that will change the complexity of your whole day. Yeah, I look for conversations like this to have. Yeah. And if I meet somebody like you, like what? I will fo- I'll foster a relationship with you now because I like you. I like your energy. Yeah. Some people will be like, oh, he's, he's a podcast dude. Like he doesn't want anything to do with me. Like I don't give a shit what you want. Like yeah. I like no. somebody. Like, I'm going to create a relationship with him For because sure. I know there's an energy there that needs to be cultivated. Yeah. And you know, whatever it is is what it is. But I think a lot of times we get stuck in our little bubble, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, man, thank you. And I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, likewise, man, I mean, you, there's, you connect with people and you realize that what you're talking about has, has merit, has power to get into people and help people. And, 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 you know, that's why podcasting is cool. Cause you can just listen to it without really focusing on it, but then you're just getting the messages. And then one thing mid nugget may stick out to somebody and then they're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to make this change. And, Totally. And yeah, building this, being able to build relationships like this is like, it's so powerful, man, because it's a ripple effect, right? Totally. So dude, where can everybody find you? I want to make sure our team puts all the, all your books, your, all the links, everything in the show notes. So everybody could go check you out. Very cool. Um, if you're, if you're a social media person, if you're on Facebook, the easiest place to get to me where I'm the most active is I have a free group called the wellness lab Launchpad. So really my motivation and my, my, my motive for doing that is I want to simplify all this for everybody. It's a free group. I don't ask for anything. I answer questions all day. I give tips, tools, strategies. That's probably the easiest place. And my website is just thriveforeverfit.com. And you can find all my social media links there as well. But um, I'm the kind of guy, man, like uh, my passion and my drive is to see people have success. And so whatever that is, if you need some help, like I'll answer a question on anything. Awesome. Awesome, man. And, and uh, obviously your books are on Amazon. We'll can have links up for that. Um, dude, really appreciate it, man. That, this, this is great, man. I loved it. This was a lot of fun. And I always just finish with one last question. I know we've covered it a bit. Right. Just this will be kind of what we use for your quote. I, I always like to ask, what is one main lesson that adversity itself has taught you? It's going to sound nutty, but I think adversity, I know adversity has taught me that I can be, do, and have anything that I want. Because I know if I've gotten through what I've gotten through, come at me. Like, I'll get through it, and I won't just get through it. I'll, I'll grow through it, and I'll be better on the other side. Man. Awesome. 
Dude, thank you so much. Thank you, bro. This is fun, yeah. man. This is a lot of fun. Um, you guys, make sure to check out Jay. We're going to have everything in the show notes for you to go. Man, again, this was a pleasure and can't wait to see what you can create and connecting with you further, brother. Love it. Thank you, my man. Jay Nixon, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Hope you guys have enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it. Go check out Jay Nixon. Follow him on social media. If you want to review this episode, it'd be much appreciated. Take a screenshot. Feel blessed to have you guys share your time with me and listen to me go on and on about things. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I'll tell you together, we're changing the world. That's, that's the goal. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Catch you next time. just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.